Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Brittany, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, Kelly, thanks for having me. So I was trying to think, I feel like this may be the third time you've been on the podcast. Is that right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is oh number three. Gosh, I number love three. it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming back and chatting with me. Of course. So the reason I had asked you to be on here is because, well, for many reasons, obviously, but um, because you're so good at being able to utilize time in such a fantastic, amazing way. And so I know that you have given me some tips and I have then shared those with other people, totally giving you the credit, but <laughs> shared those with other people. So um, we'll have a conversation about that. But first, just in case somebody hasn't listened um, to the other episodes, can you introduce yourself and tell us about you? Yeah, of course. So my name is Brittany Fink. I was born and raised in the Fargo-Moorhead area in North Dakota. Um, I have an older brother and a younger brother. My younger brother's 13 years younger than me and my older brother's two years older. So that has been um, fun to explore what it's like to have such an age gap and a small age gap in between siblings. Um, I'm in the military. I've been in the military for 13 years. I'm in the Air National Guard. Um, I'm a mental health therapist in Fargo. I own a private practice called Solace Counseling. And um, that just opened this year in 2019. And so that has been an exciting adventure and really put my um, time using skills to the test. Um, I'm a mom of two kids and a wife. My kids are five and two. They are 100% opposite of each other. So it has helped me learn um, that uh, there is a piece of uh, environment (laughs) along with biology to our kids. So like mamas, you are not to blame. And both my kids are absolutely fantastic. Um, we worry about entirely opposite things for both of them, and their strengths are entirely opposite of each other. So it, that has been really cool as a mom to see that piece of it. Um, th- like Kelly said, this is my third time being on the podcast. Um, previously, I talked about... Um, uh, maternal mental health, essentially, and um, my journey through um, conceiving our daughter. And um, we um, did fertility treatments for that. And so that was the essence, I believe, of the two other podcasts that we did. And so um, here I am today to talk about time management. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing about yourself. You know, one yeah. thing too that you did not mention, but I think is worth mentioning as well, is your husband is a business owner too correct he is and so there are two of you in your house that are rocking at your own businesses and I just think that's so cool that your kids get to see that too yeah you know and I wonder often would I have had the courage or the knowledge to open my own business had I not seen my husband do it and so we went through a lot of learning I mean we don't I don't believe we have anybody in our families who have um in our immediate families who have businesses where we were able to like have an active knowledge of how that happened. Um, There are a couple like extended people who have businesses, but nobody we were able to really see like firsthand and how it was done. So there were a lot of 
unknowns. We were stepping into a lot of unknown territory and in a lot of arenas didn't really even know how to get the information that we didn't know. And so it was really cool to walk alongside him with that. And I think it gave me a lot of the confidence and courage in order to start my own business that perhaps I might not have had had I not seen that. So that's been really cool. Yes, I love that perspective. It reminds me a lot of me being able to see my dad's business and just really, you know, when people, it, it took me a while, but when people will say something like, well, I just don't think that I can do it in my mind. I'm like, of course you can do it. What are you talking about? Like, you can absolutely do that. But I think until you see someone who's been able to have a business and you can see, I mean, not every moment is great, but that overall um, success of being able to do that and do that well and build that, it just really changes your outlook on truly what's available to you in life. Absolutely. And I, um, you know, with business, I think so many people believe you have to have this prior knowledge and like, yeah, that'd be cool and great and all like, (laughs) but you can do it without that. You can do it without that. So um, if you have the passion and the drive inside of you, um, you know, that's the core foundation I believe that you need, not the knowledge. So uh, pretty cool to see that you were able to, uh, you were able to pull the stuff you learned from your dad and um, be able to create your own business with that fire inside of you. Yeah, and and one more thing about that too. Um, before we get into, I think this this does have a part to do with it as well. Um, but before we get into the time management, but one thing that I think is really great is once you get into something, you end up meeting people along the way who also are in it. And most of the time, not always, but most of the time people really want the best for each other and are willing to help each other out. So like Brittany, if you have some knowledge that would be helpful to me, you will share that and vice versa. And it just, it saves everyone time and it's just good for the world and society as a whole. I mean, what's good for one of us is truly good for us all. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that as well. Yeah. I totally believe that. And I think a lot of times we stumble upon the information that we need once we put ourselves on the trajectory to go where we need to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love when um, companies will have, you know, a product that they launch or something that they do and it just goes like terribly wrong. <laughs> Not that I love when that happens, but I love to see like that, the, the background of that. Like when they share like this went really wrong and it was terrible and we're sorry and here's how we want to make it right. And just to acknowledge that like for each of us, we're going to have a failure at some point. I mean, it just, it's going to happen. And, and honestly, not even just one failure. Like, let's be real. <laughs> there, there are so many along the way that can happen, but to be able just to like own up to that and know that that it's just, it's a part of the process of owning your own business and really a part of just life in general. Like we're going to have times when we fail, you know, um, as a kind of a, uh, side note, I dropped my son off today and, um, he had PJ day and there was a mom there who, um, her, her older son, it sounded like also had PJ day. And so she thought her youngest son just wanted to dress in PJs because the oldest son, but it was actually PJ day. And my heart broke for her. She felt so bad. And I honestly looked at her and I said, you know, if this is the worst thing that you do all day, like you are doing so good. Do not beat yourself up about this, you know? So Absolutely. she went, yeah. don't worry everyone. She went home and got him PJs, but <laughs> so sweet. Look at that yes. mama. <laughs> it was so sweet. I, you know, oftentimes I question too, like how many things would we have if people weren't willing to accept failure? Like even to the, to some of the big things in life, like for example, um, airplanes, like if we didn't have the Wright brothers, right. That's right. who invented airplanes. Yeah. If we didn't have the Wright brothers willing to risk their lives which would have been an ultimate failure, we would likely not have airplanes. I think yes. about our vaccines, brain surgeons, right? If they, if the brain surgeon and the patient were not willing to engage in something that had dire consequences of failure, we would not have any of that. 
And so most of the time, the scale that we're looking at failing is like an embarrassment level, which I get it. I don't want to be embarrassed either. But like when I'm able to compare it to like, hold on, like we had people who were risking ultimate life failure. That was the consequence of it. I'm worried about me ruining a blog or I'm worried about me, you know, it just, it really puts it into perspective of like, yeah, we have to take on risk to get somewhere. And oftentimes the risk feels far bigger than it really, really is if it were to fail. Yeah, absolutely. That anticipation part of things or that, um, you know, the what ifs can just become so overwhelming for us in life, whether it's professionally or personally, and um, it can stop you in your tracks if you let it truly. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing about failure, I think, too, is sometimes when we choose to not do something out of fear, maybe that's the failure. Yeah. And so recognizing like there's a consequence to pay whether you choose to accept those or whether you choose to say like nope that feels like too much and I'm not going to like perhaps that is the failure in itself yeah I love that I had to resist shouting preach when you said that (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) I love it I love it so much that's it's just so it's so true it really is um I I mean, I can't speak for everyone by any means, but for me, like I would rather try something and and not work out than not to have ever known. Could I, could I do that? Could I not? And most of the time, there's not much that you can't come back from in life, regardless of what it is. You know, um, I often use some like really drastic examples when I talk with clients about this, but I mean, truly, if you think about it, I mean, there are people who, you know, have, have murdered, have, you know, done things and, and they're able to come back from that. Like you can still do really good things in your life and have made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. So let's get to the meat of what we're here for. I am just like so pumped for you to be able to talk about this. Can you give us a little bit of background on like, you know, how, I mean, I know this, but if you can share this with everyone, like how you have just always kind of naturally had this part of you and did you realize that it it was like a gift or, or different or is it because I keep saying to you, oh my gosh, Brittany, how are you managing your time so well? Yeah, so I, looking back, I, I believe that it's something that I have just always had or learned to have like very early on in life. Um. I don't think it has been until pretty recently within this last year that it's been brought to my attention more by others of um, them asking me questions of how do I do something and it feeling to me like it is just my natural to do that. And so quite honestly, when you had asked me to speak on this topic, I was like, okay, yeah, I can speak on the topic, except you might have to identify to me what is not like a well-known thing because it's just, you know, for me, it's just such a natural thought and it's just such a natural process that it's not me thinking about like how am I going to manage my time today or Brittany you need to be better at managing your time because these are just things that come so naturally to me so some of the things have to very much be pointed out that that is like not the common way of thinking or the common way of doing things but you know going backward when I think about when I was really young And some of the things that my mom would complain about (laughs) is it was the time pieces of my life. So I was very much of like, mom, I have, I have church tonight. You need to bring me to church at just a very young age to where typically that role would have been reversed. And it's not because my family members were lacking in that way or anything like that. I was just very much in tune to this is how things go. 
Um, and then also, I think that it's just in me, I know how I work best. And so there are things I've just ultimately accepted about myself that perhaps some people try to change about themselves. And what I mean in that is I know I do really, really well on projects last minute. So I plan them for last minute for me to spend. And we'll go into this a little bit more um, as we come up. But for me to spend all that like brain effort in between thinking about it, like, no, thanks. I'm not going to do that. So I plan to do projects last minute. I do best with them last minute. And I feel fine about that. So but knowing not everybody does or would feel that way. So I think it's something that likely started very early on in life and is just something that has become a part of who I am. It hasn't been until the last probably six months that I'm like identifying myself as like, perhaps I'm a bit of a time management guru and I'll accept yes, that. <laughs> absolutely. I love that. You know, as you were talking too, I mean, it does sound like it's something that's always been throughout your life. I wonder how the military has played an impact in that too. Do you think that that's impacted it as well? Yeah, perhaps, you know, it's kind of the chicken or the egg thing, right? Like, was I drawn to the military because I really like timeliness and order? Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Or is it that, um, you know, the military kind of entice that in me? And perhaps it's both. Perhaps it's both of them because, of course, there are lots and lots of people in the military who don't care quite as much or don't thrive quite as much on timeliness and orderliness. Uh, but I, I believe that it could be both. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's a very valid point. Um, it would make sense to me that it would be a little bit of both, especially because at such a young age, you were kind of like, this is my schedule and this is what we're doing. <laughs> so yeah. it's always kind of inherently been in you. Um, I do remember like the first couple of times that I had said like, oh, wow, that's like, that's a really great idea. I never thought of that. And I'm pretty sure that you were like, really? I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not how yeah. my brain works. And uh, yeah. And, and like I said, that's that's why I've um, gone on when other people have asked me to, to share things that you've said. And, and some of the things that have made the biggest difference to me, you know, obviously our each job, each job someone does is going to be a little bit different. So some of our um, roles that we may have or duties are going to be a little bit different than, than other people's. But one thing for me, it was the documentation piece of things. And so I would, I would say to you like, oh, I just don't know when I'm going to do this. You know, I only have 15 minutes and I want to run to the restroom in between sessions and I want to do this and I want to do that. You know, I just, I just sit there because I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time to do anything. But I remember you saying to me like, well, 15 minutes is still 15 minutes. Like there's something you could do in that amount of time and that for some reason was actually mind-blowing to me <laughs> it sounds so I feel so silly saying it now but it's true I was like oh so you mean I can actually do something in that amount of time like so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about like utilizing that and um, what some of your thoughts are for people who maybe want to shift that mindset a little bit yeah so you know I heard a quote on a podcast and I truly cannot remember which podcast it was and in the podcast, they were talking about time. And the person had said, well, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And I remember that just striking me like, you know, that's so true. So if we think of whoever in your mind is the most successful person in this world, they have the same 24 hours that we have. And so what did they do differently with their time than what I'm doing right now? And so, you know, I hear people saying things like, I want to be able to work out. I want to be able to get my work done. I want to be able to spend time with kids. I want to be able to make supper. And how do I fit all that together? And so one of the biggest things that I do, and Kelly, you were the one that brought it up as in like, well, I don't know that that's fully common, but thanks for sharing, was that even at 15 minutes or five minutes or whatever that looks like, that is time. 
And so be mindful about how you're spending that because most people during that time are spending it on things that they don't consider productive. And so that time is being spent, you know, quickly watching 15 minutes of the Netflix um, episodes that you've been watching, Facebooking, checking your Instagram. None of those most people would call productive. And so if it's five minutes in between session, perhaps that time is identified as your bathroom break. Sure, that's cool. Like that's productive and you need to do it, right? But if there's 15 minutes, use the bathroom and then go do something productive. So at the end of the day, you don't have all these things laying on your plate still left to do that actually could have very easily been fit into those smaller time slots and have been done by the end of the day, which now has freed up time for you to go to the gym, which now has freed up time for you to be with kids, which now has freed up time for you to cook supper. And so I think it is just so important to be mindful of the small moments and not write those off as unproductive time, but create productivity inside of those moments. Um, and part of that organizing is also being mindful about what you put into those moments. So if you have 15 minutes, perhaps writing an entire diagnostic assessment or entire report or entire um, PowerPoint presentation, like that's not going to fit. Don't put that in there, right? Um, but all those small tasks that you've been pushing off to do because you need to fax something, send an email, make a phone call, those are little tasks that are going to take between that five to 15 minutes. Put those in that spot so it is productive time. Absolutely. That was the other thing um, that you said to me that has really made a big difference was that you decide at like the big, is this right? The beginning of your day. So if you have any downtime, here are the things that you're going to do. So in that moment, you're also not wasting time determining what you're going to do. And I was like, that is genius. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. Yeah. So if I have, you know, um, I'm a mental health therapist, so I have clients throughout the day. And so at the beginning of every day, I know what my schedule is going to look like. And like I said, I'm a procrastinator. I am not looking at my schedule the week in advance and planning out the full week. Some people that may totally work for, I am not like that. So I'm a last minute planner. So in the morning I open up my schedule and see, okay, I had a cancellation. So I, um, have one full hour of time that I can do some work. And then it looks like I have three 15 minute increment blocks. And so automatically you start filing, what is that going to look like then? So that hour long time, I have the report I need to write. I'm gonna write that report during that hour, but I also have four phone calls to make. And so at what point in the day am I going to fit those in? Um, And so it's just really looking at the day and like categorizing like what fits where and then committing yourself to following through with that and not using that 15 minutes of time to go on Facebook or whatever that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember that time that you went on vacation too? Um, I don't, I don't, I feel like you went to like did you go to Texas, Florida, somewhere like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and I remember you saying like, well, I'm going to get this done and this done and this done. And it was like a work trip, correct? So, mm-hmm. but, um, but I remember thinking like, wow, that, I think I even said that to you. Like, that's really impressive that you already know what you want to get done. And you even had it kind of like blocked off of like, this is the time that I think I'm going to work on this. And, and it wasn't, I mean, you, it sounds from what you had said, I mean, you still had plenty of time to like relax and enjoy, but when you came back, it didn't, it appears that it didn't feel quite as overwhelming to like come back into life because you had still been able to accomplish some of those things that you were wanting to do. Yeah. So that specific trip was a work trip. It was a military conference I was going to. 
And so um, when I go to military conferences out of state, it's just me. It's not my family. And like I said, I have two little kids. So to me, that is like gold mine. That is time that I can spend a whole evening getting done whatever I need to get done. I'm not feeling guilty that I'm not around my kids or playing with my kids. I don't have suppers to make. Like that is straight productivity time right there. So I knew I was going to a conference during a day, which was information that wasn't extremely like emotional or um, I didn't have to use like a whole lot of my brain for this conference. It was very much just them giving us um, low-key information. So I narrate audiobooks. And so what was going on at that point is I had just written a book that I wanted to put in audiobook format. And then I had one other audiobook that I needed to finish. And it was something that was a very big task that needed a significant amount of time for. And it's hard to find that in the day-to-day work the day-to-day life and so when uh i was given the opportunity to go to that conference i was like oh yeah baby this is going to be my time to get these things done so i very much laid out um what i wanted it to look like so i knew by the end of this five days i wanted to have both of these completed my my book that i had written in audiobook and then this other individual's book in audiobook And so I literally just day by day figured out what would I need to do in the evening and approximately how long would that take? And then also scheduled in, I'm not going to work past this time. So for example, night number one might have looked like go to the conference, um, following the conference, order in food, and then start on the audiobook from five until eight. And then once eight o'clock hits, like computer shut and done. Like that's your time to relax, recharge, regenerate, paint your nails, whatever you need to do, but to like pull yourself back together. Because I know about myself working wee hours in the morning, I am not successful following that. And so for me, I also am blocking in the time to be able to have me time and not overwhelm myself which is why I think at the end, I was super excited to have all that stuff done, but also didn't feel depleted because you have to know yourself and know your limits and not be overdoing it. And I think often when we're not planning this way, then we just swamp everything together, overdo it, and then we're exhausted. And now we don't ever wanna do that many that many hours of a task again, and we've set ourselves up for failure. Oh yeah, yeah. I. Uh... 100%. I'm thinking about many times in my life where I just kind of bombarded myself with so many tasks and then got completely wiped out and exhausted and it was hard to get going again. Um, but I can mm-hmm. also think of times where I did do a little bit of work but felt so recharged after doing it because it was things I really loved and and I also knew having that healthy boundary of like that balance between because that is I think that is a part of it whether we're talking about personal personal time, professional time, whatever that looks like is having a balance to be able to like live your life and do the most important things for you. But the reality too, is that, I mean, we, you, everyone, for the most part, people have to work. Like it's, it's just a part of life. And so being Mm -hmm. able to like, it's such an honor to be able to do something work-wise that you're passionate about and being able to quite honestly, use your time in a way that's appropriate and helpful for you really does make it a lot easier. Yeah, I think of it very similar to a budget. Like when we're told we need to create a budget, we feel really constricted. We feel really like weighed down and like, I don't wanna have to follow this plan and I don't want something to tell me what to do and I don't want things to dictate me. But majority of people after they create a budget, they feel very free. They realize like, okay, actually there is money that's set aside for that. And um, I have experiences too, where my husband and I completed something called Financial Peace University. And 
uh, we had just created our budget. I was like super hot about it. I was salty. I was not <laughs> happy that we were doing a budget. I was so mad. And um, I was in my bachelor's program at the time and I went to class and they were selling social work t-shirts and they were like 10 or $15 or whatever. And I remember just being on fire when I left and I called my husband Landon and I said, I am just so annoyed because we now have this budget and I can't get a social work t-shirt. And he was like, Brittany, we have a budget for clothing. I was like, we do have a budget for clothing. And so not only that, but us having that budget created the ability for me to be like, hey, I haven't used my clothing fund this month. What do I want to get? And budgeting our time essentially is the exact same thing where at first when you start to do it, you're like, this is holding me down. I do not want to be held down to this. But all of a sudden you realize like, holy cow. So because I got all of my stuff done at work, I can keep my computer at work tonight and do none of it at home. Or, you know, because I have that scheduled for later on in the week, I don't have to take my computer home. Um, so I think actually planning our time frees us, but we believe it's going to do the opposite, just like we do with budgeting oftentimes. Yes, yes. I uh, definitely agree with that. That is one of my favorite things is being able to leave my computer here at work. I just, I love that so much. And um, that is often, to be completely honest, that is how I motivate myself of like, okay, you have this amount of time, you know that you can do something with this time. And if you do this, then you're going to be able to leave your computer here. And then you're going to have quality time with your family tonight. And you're not going to be thinking about work that you need to get done or whatever that is. And that to me is enough of a motivator to be like, okay, I can get these two notes written. (laughs) I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's truly about prioritizing and figuring out what motivates you. Like, does having more time with your family motivate you? Perfect. What do you need to do to get that done then? Yes. Um, Because essentially, you're already budgeting your time, right? So let's say you did not plan for your day. Let's say you went on Facebook, you went on Instagram, you whatever you did with your time, you, you whatever. You essentially budgeted that time for over the top of your family time without even thinking about it. Oh, yes, true. I never thought so about you, it like that. Yeah. Yeah. You allowed the time to dictate what it was going to take from. Um, so that time now is is spent over the top of what essentially your budgeted time was for family you just didn't think of it that way so um so we have to take charge of it or it takes charge of us yes yeah yeah that makes so much sense I hadn't thought about it like that but you um are so accurate that like it is taking time somewhere from us so whether it's it's now or or later whatever that looks like you know um because of how my personality rolls, I'm guessing that I'm not the only one who thinks like this. So I feel like there's probably someone listening right now that is like, but I love my Netflix and I'm going to be real with you during my downtime (laughs) at work. I'm not, you know, I'm not like, it'd be different if I needed to like make phone calls, whatever I would do that stuff, you know, but every now and again, there are some times during your day where you might have half an hour break. And I think to myself, you know what I really need right now? I need to watch Netflix and recharge. And I allow myself to do that guilt-free. But I think part of that is knowing that I have, I am able to do that because I have been taking care of the things that I need to do in a timely manner in the time that I have. Or if I do have something that I know, let's say I need to do, I will do one of two things. I will tell myself I can watch half an hour of Netflix and then I'm getting to work. Or I will say I need to do these three notes and then I can watch Netflix. And so I do one of two things to like, you know, motivate myself because it's, I, I, I love what I do. The documentation of any job, I don't care what your job is, 
the tracking of stuff is the hardest part for most people. And it seems the most daunting. And honestly, I think you worded it like this one time. It may not be exactly how you said it, Brittany, but it takes it, it takes like the most mental energy too to so those things we I think we often avoid because it does take so much mental energy. But but truly and I don't think we've necessarily hit on this yet, but um or just briefly, but it really does take more mental energy to not do it and to keep it in your mind that you need to. So can you talk a little bit about that? A big thank you to our sponsors, consultation and supervision.com. Are you a social worker, a marriage and family therapist, or a counselor? Are you struggling to find supervision or consultation? So often we find ourselves searching for clinical supervision and coming to a dead end. Or we find ourselves with someone who can provide the hours but isn't a great match for our niche and style. Well, look no further. Go to consultationandsupervision.com and scroll through a directory of therapists providing both of these services. Here, you will find a picture, short bio, and contact information so you can find not just any person, but the right person. And it's totally free. So head over to consultationandsupervision.com and start searching today. Now to the show. Yeah, I always call that brain space. So if I don't have something scheduled, um, and, and many people, if there's not something scheduled, but you know you need to do it, the number of times it comes up before we do it, I call that brain space. Like that's taking up brain space. So I'll give an example. So if somebody emails me and says, hey, I need a letter of reference. Could you give it to me? And I say, yep, I can. When do you need it by? I need it by Friday. Okay. And so now Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have thought about this letter of reference that I need to do. What am I going to write in it? Um, it needs to be done by Friday. What has this person done? I wonder about their work history. What are the strengths they need for this? Who should it be to, right? All of these things have gone through my brain several times. So if we had to like put a number to every moment that that was in my brain, you know, let's say we get to like, uh, the number is like 50, like 50, whatever brain space. If I were to have just on that Monday, when that person emailed me and said, can you write me a letter of reference? I need it by Friday. If I would have scheduled it for my 15 minutes on Thursday, how many times likely would that have entered and used up brain space? probably next to none for me at least because it's scheduled and if it does come in my brain space I automatically say to myself it's scheduled for Thursday I'm good yes um so I just think it's so important to one like be aware of how much brain space are these things taking up when we're not productively working on them um and to really like put that together in our deciding factor of how we plan things because something that took you 15 minutes in your schedule probably took you more like an hour of all of the thinking that you did throughout the week so that's kind of how I talk about brain space the other thing with brain space that I think of is a lot of times we prolong big events because of the time so I think about in our profession we write up some fairly significant reports that probably take most people somewhere between a half hour to an hour and so what will happen is we'll see a client and then we have this report we need to write on all the things we learned about a client that day. And so um, many of us take quick notes during that and that's what we have to go off of. So the difference in the amount of brain space I would use if I completed that report that day versus if I completed that report five days later, naturally just in me pulling that information out of my brain, it's going to look very different 
day one than day five. That is a lot of stuff to carry. That is a lot of stuff to remember. And then if you write the report that day, it might take you a half hour. Just because of time loss of the stuff in your memory, you're going to expend more energy, more effort, and more time on day five writing it just because you're having to re-pull all that stuff out. So I think if we're really aware of like what amount of brain space are these tasks taking up and the longer I prolong doing it, is it going to take up more? It helps us identify what needs to be done now versus what can be done later. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I even think about, um, you know, there are just different things periodically that I maybe don't get done that day. And the next day will be even harder for me to convince myself. And the next day is even harder. And the next day, and eventually I'm like, I have to do this because <laughs> I don't want to. And that's, that's a good indication to me that it's like that same thing of like, I honestly would have saved myself so much time if I would have just done it in that moment, you know, instead of, instead of waiting for that. So I think that is, that's a fantastic thing to remember and to, um, to be to be aware of that really it it is a matter of I think that's what sorry just hit me that's what's different about your perspective I think Brittany than like maybe the average person in their time is because you do think about like how this choice impacts like as a whole rather than like oh here's my work time or here's my personal time but you think about like how it impacts things as a whole and I think that that is what is so unique and so wonderful about the way that you operate and quite honestly I'm I'm guessing that, I mean, I hope you're comfortable with me saying this, but you are very successful in your business and a large amount of that obviously is your skill. Let's, let's be real. The other part of that though, I'm guessing is your time management truly is your ability to say like, what do I need to do in this moment? What is like the best choice for my business and for me personally? And how do I move forward with that? Yeah. And you know, opening a business, there are so many tasks that need to be done. And just kind of the way that my business opened, I had a very short period of time to get everything together. And um, I recently had somebody say like, wow, you did what you did in two weeks, what most people do over the span of about a year. And I was like, eh, yeah, you know, and, and the truth is, though, that if time management were not a significant portion of what went on in those two weeks, it likely would not have happened to like like physically be able to open a business in that amount of time. Um, and so like, lucky for me, all that just came naturally. I didn't have to spend a bunch of energy like, okay, what would Brittany say that I should do with my time right now? It wasn't like that, but um, it it benefits us. It's a learned skill. I really believe it is a learned skill. Like it is a muscle that you need to increase and you need to actively work on. And eventually it gets much easier to work on it and much easier to use. But it is one of those skills that as soon as you pick it up, as soon as you like have the courage to pick it up and start it, you will immediately start seeing the benefits behind it. Time is money. Mm -hmm. And it really is. And I used to hate hearing that. Like that is just the most ridiculous thing ever. That is a terrible way to look at it. Reality is it's the truth, especially when you own your own business. And so if we are wasting time or not using our time productively, likely money is involved in that. And so in my case, had I not used time productively, money would have been involved. The, my private practice would not have opened when it opened. And every day it's not open, it's a money issue, right? And so, and for us, it was a lack of an income. It was a huge deal for us to not have, have the business open. So 
you know, different things motivate different people. Some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by family. Some people are motivated by vacations or words of affirmation or whatever that looks like. But find your motivation. And I bet time fits into it somehow to make that more of a freedom for you than it is right now. Absolutely. You know, it, it reminds me of, I don't know what the exact quote is, but where um, people talk about how, how time is just, there's no there's no amount of money that can make up for your time that you have either, you know? And so that's what I think is really important is that it, it's almost like in, in, in your life, if you're using your time in a valuable way, especially when it comes to business stuff, but personal life as well, like you're making the most of the time that you have and um, you're doing what you need to do, which then frees you up in your personal life truly. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really interesting how your view can really shift on things like this because I'm I mean Brittany I know you've heard this and uh you know some of the listeners have as well but I don't like to be boxed in and so whenever I feel boxed in I just like I I mean I am like kicking for some whatever reason I blame it on my dad especially like that's kind of his personality (laughs) I guess I got it from him I don't know but I don't like to be boxed in but I so there's something about me where I like I like routine, but I don't like schedule. So I like to know that I'm doing the same things, not necessarily the exact same thing, because I do like some flexibility, but I like to know that I'm doing um, the same things basically each day, but I don't like to do it at the same time. And so I think for me too, it was learning like what, what are my strengths and how can I play on those based on what I have also learned, you know, from you and how can I incorporate that into my own way that's beneficial for my family and beneficial for me and, um, will will help me to determine you know really what is just what is truly best for me and so that's why like you know some people might be like oh well that half an hour Netflix could have been doing something well yeah I could have been but you know what that's going to motivate me and I will be way more successful (laughs) if I know that I'm going to have a little bit of downtime because I need for for how quickly my brain works and operates I need downtime that is one thing that I have learned Um, I actually I mean, I think I've kind of had an idea about it, but when I when it actually hit me is when I interviewed Dr. Bleem um, about dyslexia and his diagnosis, and he had said that one of the biggest things for him was allowing himself to have that downtime to allow his brain to rest, and then he was able to better, not better engage, but... Um, to engage in a way that that felt better to him I guess is how I would say it and so for me that's what it is is my brain is working so quickly at all times I need a little bit of downtime and then I'm going to be way more successful but if I wasn't willing to accept like you were talking earlier if I wasn't willing to accept that about myself I never would have gotten to this point either absolutely yeah and I am a I am a strong believer just like when I talked about when I was on that military trip um knowing enough about ourselves to know what we need to function, right? So for me, it's I cannot stay up late for a trip like that. I I know that if I stay up to the wee hours of the morning, I could have scheduled all of the audiobook stuff for that one night, right? But I know that I don't work well that way. So for me, it was schedule it until eight o'clock and at eight o'clock, everything gets put away. And so I think it's really important to recognize that about yourself that, hey, when I have a day of clients, I need 30 minutes of Netflix in the middle or I need an hour, whatever that looks like, that is totally fine. But how much less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? How much less hard we are on ourselves when we know like, like, yeah, I'm giving myself this time. This time is scheduled. I am not walking over the top of all these things I need to do. I know that I need this time right now. Essentially, you're scheduling already, Kelly, that time for yourself. You're saying this is a need of mine and I do 30 minutes of Netflix. Not scheduling that would look like 
watching Netflix until whatever episode is is done and starting the next one and then being like, oh, shoot, my next client is here. I got to go. That would be not scheduling it. And then afterwards being like, oh, man, I could have spent 20 of those minutes doing something else. Now I have to bring my computer home. That would be the difference of scheduling and not scheduling it. And so essentially, you're already scheduling it. You're giving yourself permission for 30 minutes of Netflix every single day. That's what rejuvenates you. That way, That's what makes you tick. That's what makes you be able to get your work done. Yeah. And so you're essentially doing exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate I appreciate that validation with that. Um, you know, I think that at, at times in, in life, just to be really honest, um, I'm sure that there are people listening who have felt like this before because I operate in such a, a different way and not saying that other people don't operate in this way, but it has been hard for me to not compare myself to somebody else and how they operate. And so that has been really huge just to be like, this is, this is what I need. And there is no shame and there is no guilt and there is no anything because I know that this is what is going to help me. And so I'm going to allow myself to do that. And, and honestly, I I always, I used to think like, well, if somebody else cares that much, like whatever, it's not worth it. But now I think nobody else really is caring what I'm doing. And so that gives you a freedom too of realizing like people really aren't thinking about you and how you're operating, you know, um, they're really thinking mm-hmm. about their own lives and how they're operating. And I think that also gives you a freedom too. Yeah. And I think that goes back to like what drives you, right? Like what in life drives you and everybody has different things that drive you. And so it sounds like the work you're doing is totally in alignment with what drives you mm-hmm. and like there's success, my friend. There is success. Being okay with doing what drives you and not what drives other people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a learning process, though, huh? To get to that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think even learning about ourselves, like to figure out, like, where is the balance here? What is my driving force here? You know, I think um, I think about things in percentages a lot <laughs> in my brain. So in my brain, I think like, what percentage of me wants what percentage of life needs to be spent with my kids to feel like I'm living my life successfully? What percentage of my life needs alone time with my husband to feel like I'm operating successfully? What percentage of my life is, is, um, is worried about finances or finds that important for me? What does that look like? And so really like I, I'm able to see it then like, am I meeting those percentages in my mind? Like, am I spending about X percentage of my time with my kids? Um, And so, for example, one of the things that I do is I take Wednesdays off every single week to be with my kids because that's the fulfilling piece of me of being able to spend the appropriate, in my mind, my appropriate amount of time with my kids where someone else might fill that with um, something for self-help, some self-care. Some people might fill that with um, extra work because they need to increase their finances, right? And so I think it's just really important when you when you're scheduling this time or thinking big picture about your time, like what is important to you and how are you aligning those? Time doesn't have to mean work. Time doesn't have to be mean money. Time doesn't have to mean those things. It needs to mean what fulfills you. And so are you appropriately fulfilling those? Yes. And that's beautiful to think of at the beginning of the year. Like, what do you want your year to look like of your life fulfillment? What is successful for you this year? Yeah. I feel like we could just mic drop it and we could be done. (laughs) And done. (laughs) I do think, though, that truly that is just uh, such such a fantastic way to start start the new year. And you know, the thing about it too, is like, that doesn't, 
because I am someone who, if something feels really daunting and overwhelming, I'm just not going to do it. You know, like I have really great intentions sometimes if I like were to, um, go or like if I was to like buy a training and not about my, I want to be really clear, not about like my clinical work. That's a completely different thing, but just about, you know, work in general or, you know, how to run a business, whatever I might buy something, but the likeliness that I'm going to go through like a big giant amount of information, that's just too overwhelming. But thinking about it, like, you know, what percentage of time do you want to be doing whatever it is that you are passionate about in life? Like what an easy way just to be able to gauge that and to feel really good about going into the new year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I think always starting big picture and moving in is the easiest way to kind of implement um, some of these things. And and truly, if somebody were to just commit to like, I'm going to take one, the first week of the year and I'm going to do time management the best I can. Just try it for a week, commit to a week and see if it feels more freeing than it did to not be managing your time. And if it feels good, keep doing it. And if it feels blah, then don't do it. Um, But I'm a firm believer that this will free up. um, This will free up a lot of you if you're able to just kind of um, manage your time a little bit more as opposed to having it manage you. Yeah. Just a couple additional things that I wrote down that I wanted to make sure that I had mentioned if we have yeah, time, Kelly. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So a couple of things um, that, in my opinion, have been really important for me to schedule are those consistent things um, that happen frequently, but that we're constantly trying to remember. So for example, I rent office space. And so the 25th of every month, I need to send my checkout, right? I know that I need to send that checkout the 25th of every month, but I don't want to like the 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, be thinking like, oh, is the rent check due today? Oh no, it's only the 20th today, right? So um, I will schedule that into my calendar. So I get a reminder every month on the 25th, send a rent check. So I know I will be reminded the day that that's due. I mean, essentially when I look look at my calendar for that day, I see it too, right? Um, so things that are consistently due like that automatically go into a calendar. When I go to a dentist's office and schedule a dentist appointment, it automatically goes in the calendar. There's no like, here's the card and then I take it with me and then eight weeks later, I'm like, shoot, where's that card at? And I put it in there. None of that, like efficiency at its max So when you're scheduling an appointment, throw it right into that calendar. Um, So anything that is just a a constant, each week I do um, certain billing for certain people. And so that's in my calendar, like make sure you bill this person's appointment today. So I'm not like leaving all that stuff just sitting in there for me to do, even if they're constant things that need to be done every week or whatever that looks like. Um, So that's one of the big things. Any thoughts on that, Kelly, or any... Yeah, I was just, I was even thinking about, you know, um, when we have to renew our license. So every single, I swear this happens every single year. So every single year I renew my license. I renew it like at the minute we can, because I'm very afraid that I will like forget. And that would be devastating. But I will tell you every single year at the end of December, I panic and think, <laughs> think to myself, did I renew my license? And it is like, um, it's, I know that I did, but for some reason in my mind, it's like worst case scenario. And I even think to myself, if I had things like that, that I had to do every year that I just checked off and even had a little list of like, when I did that, that would be very easy for me to look back. Nope. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't have to worry about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And for those that use a paper planner um, for those things, then you can transfer year to year, right? Like, so if you use a paper planner, then once you get your planner for next year, just quickly flip through your months and see the things that need to be changed or need to be added to the next year. For those who use electronic planners, most of the time there's a reminder in there for yearly, every week, every other week, set up a consistent reminder for those things. Things like insurance, if you have to renew your insurance yearly. Um, I think of like yearly appointments, dentist visits, all of those things where we know they're going to happen, but we're spending all this time thinking about like, did I do it? Did I do it? Did I do it? You don't have to think that anymore. Just put in that consistent reminder in your calendar. You do it once and it reminds you every time you need it now. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. You know, I also do that with doctor's appointments. They're like, oh, do you want to book a year out? I'm like, yep. And I immediately put it into my phone because it's like, there's no way that I'm going to ever remember. Or like you said, I would be thinking about it periodically. Oh, wait, has that been a year? Do I need to call now? Do I need to do this or that? And um, just to be able to get things done and get them off your mind, a hundred percent. It's very, mm-hmm. very helpful. So I love that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other thing I have written down is how to prioritize because a lot of people struggle with, um, you know, I have these 80 tasks that need to be done. There's no way I'm going to schedule all 80 of these tasks. And like, touche, sis, touche. So so what I do for prioritizing is, you know, we talked about how I'll open up my calendar and I'll see like I have three free hours today. And so the first thing I think to myself is what is required to be done today. If it does not get done today, it is failure. Um, So that might be something that might be that is that person's letter of reference, right? Like it's Friday, it's due today. That is a failure if I don't get it done today. So that automatically takes priority. If it's something like, um, you know, my daughter has um, a rash that we need to get an appointment for, absolutely priority today. If it's something where it's like, oh, I would like to see if I could get a reduced rate on my car insurance, like sis isn't going to do that today. We don't have time for that. And so um, typically what I will do is I will prioritize it that way, what has to be done today, and then the remainder of the list sits. Um, And however you track that list is however you track that list. Um, But lots of Lots of times I'll hear people say they literally just have like a running list and then they will schedule into their schedule for that day. Um, today I need to call on my daughter's appointment. I need to um, make that letter of reference and I need to call a client back. That's what fits today. You think nothing more about the remainder of that list now. Like tomorrow's a new day. You have zero hours tomorrow to work on it. Then the list stays. Next week, now Monday, you have five hours. Perfect. Plug in the things from that list that you have that you can plug in. First, finding the things that are like ultimate failure if they don't get done that day. Yeah, that is a really wonderful idea to be able to look at it like that of like what does really need to be done. And I think for me, that was really huge to be able to just acknowledge that like I I won't be able to get everything done every day. It's just not possible. You know, we only have so much time and, you know, human, but being able just to leave it here and not be worried about it is, um, is huge. And when you are prioritizing, then you don't have to worry because you still have time to do whatever the other tasks are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like, um, time is just like money where like, if you continue to get it, you continue to spend it. Right. So like, if we're not managing our time appropriately, it goes out the door. Just like if we're not managing our money appropriately, it goes out the door. We're like, Hey, I got a $5,000 bonus this year. What do we do with extra money? And you and your husband are like, "Hmm, uh, I don't know. Do you know what it is? Nope. No idea. Hey, I had five hours today. What did I do with it? Uh, I don't really know. What did I do with it? And so, um, like I said before, if we don't manage it, it manages us. 
Um, so then the last thing that I had on my list that I wanted to make sure I talked about was um, pulling together like tasks. So Kelly, is it okay if I talk about the conversation you and I had about podcast stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. feel like that's the best example of it. Okay. So Kelly and I had a conversation about um, like her podcast um, prioritizing essentially and like how to get all the podcast stuff done that needs to be done in the most efficient way right and so Kelly tell me if I'm kind of mucking this up because I'm not a podcaster but so essentially the biggest things that go into um, this conversation we had were that Kelly has to um, have the podcast scheduled complete the podcast um, send a follow-up email after the podcast um, and kind of deciding like what that would look like um, and then editing the podcast Correct. And then um, airing it, um, putting it up to be aired, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. There are a few right. other steps like, you know, loading the blog on the website and, and things like that. So, I mean, but yeah, for the most part, though, that's the main things. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. So when Kelly and I were talking about it, it was like, how can we get this to be done in an efficient way where it's not going to create burnout? It's not going to create headaches. It's going to feel streamlined for the guests coming onto the podcast. Like, what can this product look like um, so it makes it easy and effective for everybody and efficient for everybody and so essentially what we kind of came to at the end is that um, the 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 decision of what felt the most effective was to make sure that the like items are being grouped together so for example what this might have looked like for Kelly before and and I don't know for sure because I wasn't I wasn't there right but I'm just going to make some guesses if you're okay with it yeah Kelly. absolutely is that um, the person would schedule, Kelly would do the um, actual podcast, um, and then the remainder of it would wait for a couple days um, to a week-ish, let's just say. And so what was the struggle was Kelly was coming in and out of this process frequently. It was um, coming in, getting the podcast stuff set up, putting it away, seeing a client or doing whatever she needs to do, right? And then pulling the stuff back out to edit the podcast, um, and then stopping there to go do something else, and then coming back to compile the email and it just felt really really um discombobulated it felt really kind of out of order correct Kelly? oh yeah Fair. definitely 100 percent. okay <laughs> so what we had came to is we talked a lot about brain space and this of like kelly how much brain space is being used by one podcast episode taking you essentially days to a week to be able to pull everything together and how efficient and effective would it be if you were to instead of having it spaced out the way it is, space it out. So you have your podcast episode um, where you take an hour to interview somebody and then you schedule a half hour, 10 hour afterwards to get everything done. And so that means editing the podcast, sending the email to the client, letting them know when the podcast is gonna air, um, doing the blog post. So everything is done. So essentially when she closes up shop for her podcast stuff that day, done and not moving on to the next podcast um, episode or the next podcast interview until number one is done and closed. Um, and so that goes back to this, like how do we group the like tasks so they're not expanded over time and truly how much less time Kelly will be spending on a podcast episode if she's um, working in this realm of it as opposed to letting it expand across days to a week fair Kelly yeah yeah and today is the first day that I'm going to be doing that so I'm excited that's like perfect timing for you to bring that up so yay so um it can get so overwhelming when things kind of um, go over a span of time like that. And so that's a perfect example of kind of taking everything that we just talked about today and how it's actually going going to be implemented. And Kelly's going to start strengthening, strengthening this muscle, right, of how to get her podcast 
more efficient so um, for her and for everybody else so it feels right and um, she's essentially using her time more appropriately so now she has more time for kids and family and cooking and all that stuff yes absolutely I'm really excited about it so I'll definitely keep you posted on how that goes but I know we got to get you um, to your next client that you have but can you tell everyone where to find you online and then briefly can you mention about your book as well so if people want to check that out Fair. Yeah. Okay. So um, online, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you um, search for Solace Counseling FM, as in Fargo-Moorhead, you will find me on there. Um, I have a website. It's www.solacecounselingfargo.com. And you can find me on there. Um, my book is called Narrating Audiobooks, Everything You Need to Know to Get Started. Essentially, it is a book um, from start to finish of what you need to know if you are considering audiobook narration um, and beyond that, how to actually narrate your first audiobook. Um, and it has had some very successful reviews and people who have successfully narrated audiobooks after reading that book. So um, if you're interested, it's an audiobook format and paper format. Um, you can get it from Audible or Amazon um, and you can find it there. That's so great. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for taking some time to talk with us in the new year and to share some of your wisdom. It was so fun to be able to sit down with you. Thanks for having me. Good luck, everyone. All righty. Well, and I'm sure you'll be back later again, right, for number four. Oh, <laughs> of course. You got it. <laughs> All righty. That sounds great. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.